Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to this week's episode of The Sunday Social. Thank you so much for coming back and thank you so much for all your feedback on last week's episode. I loved recording it and everything's been incredibly positive and I'm so grateful for that. So the topic of this week's episode is, is blogging dead? And some of you might have an idea of why I'm talking about this and some people might not. So let me give you a little bit of context. This has been a subject that the blogging community, at least in the fashion and beauty and lifestyle world, have been discussing for a couple of months now. I know the Anna Edit's written a post on it. I'm pretty sure Chloe Plumstead has as well. There's quite a few kind of think pieces on this topic because, as you may or may not know, blogging was a huge kind of... It was maybe where the first influencers appeared in um, maybe 2003, 2004, 2005. And then it's where a lot of the original fashion and lifestyle and beauty like influencers kind of originated so those ones that you follow on Instagram now that feel like they've been doing it for years and years and are experts in the topic they probably had a blog obviously some people came up on YouTube and also a lot of people recently came up on Instagram but there is a really deep-rooted history of influencing and influencer culture within blogging however with the rise of Instagram and with the rise of YouTube I think there's been or I think the vast community have noticed there has been a decline in how many people are engaging with blogs. Not just how many people are commenting on blogs, but how many people are actually reading the posts. And obviously that's a concern to people. And there are a multitude of reasons why this might be happening. I'd argue that one of the main ones is the rise of Instagram and microblogging on Twitter, which means that you can interact very easily with 280 characters or with a comment system that works very efficiently with the influencer or with the creator of whatever you're looking at. And it combines your friends posts with celebrity posts with influencer posts, makes it all much easier to access. However, that doesn't leave blogging redundant. It's still a great place to put more thought out pieces, better photo journals, I guess, and kind of more curated content that isn't as instant and isn't as meant to be as interactive. Blogging served a purpose then, and blogging still serves a purpose now. But where does that leave all these people who grew up on blogging? They are bloggers fundamentally and primarily, but are now putting more effort into Instagram, into YouTube, into some other social media site to keep themselves relevant. 
So I sat down and spoke to Liv Purvis, who is the creator of the blog What Olivia Did. It's one of the first, I'd say, really popular mainstream UK fashion blogs in the UK. She's been doing it for, I think she said around a decade now. She's incredible, such an interesting person, so kind. And I feel really blessed that I got to sit down with her and have a chat about this topic. She had so much fascinating stuff to say about what it's like being a blogger who's also trying to be an an influencer on Instagram and all these other platforms and how it's kind of spinning plates in a way, but also the fundamental reasons why we should not shut down on blogging and why we should not move away from that. And in general, she's just great crack. She's good fun. And so I really hope you enjoy this chat I had with her. Hello, today I am here with Liv Purvis. Da, 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 da. <laughs> we may or may not have already recorded this intro once, <laughs> but um, yeah, we're recording in the middle of the day. We are at a Liz Earl press trip mm-hmm. um in Sorkham and it is gorgeous and we are so I don't know about you but I'm just like zoned out in a really nice way like I'm feeling relaxed. very zen yes very zen zen's a good word for it and yeah but obviously the real world does not pause for <laughs> for any of this stuff which probably leads nicely on to what we're talking about today today we are discussing is blogging dying because there's been a huge discussion about it across like a bunch of blogs I think Anna's written about it the Anna edits um and I think Chloe Plum says written about it as well but I've seen a whole bunch of discussion on it um from people who are really uh kind of I don't want to say old school bloggers because I don't think they're like old school how can you be old school when it's been around for like a decade yeah but people people who are full-time bloggers or part-time bloggers and it is like something they know very well and so I thought I'd like to talk to an actual blogger about it because I don't blog, really. <laughs> I've had a blog for about a year. And Liv, do you want to tell, tell me a bit about your blog? Oh, God. Um, so I started it eight years ago um, when I was at school. Before, I think I was, yeah, I was in really? secondary school. Um, and I started it, well, there's about, there about three different contributing factors to why I studied it. Star, studied it? Started it. Um, the first being... Um, I was doing my photography, well, it was just before my photography A-level, so there was a girl in Topshop who I worked with. Oh, and did she you work at Topshop as well? Oh yeah. I worked at Topshop. Oh god, yeah I did. <laughs> it was it was interesting. I only did I Sundays. Agree. I was yeah, lucky. Yeah, I, I did Sundays and Thursdays. I was like the Sunday girl and it was it was intense. Sale was intense. Um, I feel like it's a real rite of passage that everyone should have to work in retail to really I totally agree. Like, custom like customer experience like just yeah. it, it shapes you and doing a lot of work for minimum wage i think that's important <laughs> just for everyone but just the you way like value work working with so the public much. as well yeah it makes you a better person when you go into like oh 100 i mean not that you'd ever like drop something in front of someone but i think it just shapes you yeah um so i was working in top shop and one of the girls that i worked with had a blog and i was like ooh, mysterious and cool and one of my, my best friend actually started when she was like oh this girl has one I've just started one I was like oh this is cool um and then I was also interning around that time at the NME oh my god you had such cool teenage work oh it was very it was cool and it was it wasn't I call it the golden years of NME so there Connor McNicholas was editing and there was lots of people and now BuzzFeed working there there was a really like good group of people and I wrote, like, you have to write reviews every week. And one of the journalists was going through it with me. And he said, you know what you should really do? You should start a blog to help develop your tone of voice. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, why would I want to start something else? It's on top of homework and yeah. me being on my space. Um, 
But yeah, so I kind of took note of that, kind of didn't. And then when it came to doing my photography A-level, so um, I kind of, I, I was told that I, I needed a portfolio online and I really wanted to be sharing the stuff I was taking. And it, looking back, it was very, very below average. <laughs> but it was like a nice have a, like a platform, like a document things. And just, I loved interviewing people way back then as well. And looking back on some really, really early posts, I'd go into like in-stores at like Rough Trade and I'd linger at the end and try and like get in with people, be like, Can I just do an interview with you? And they'd be like, Oh, so where are you from? And I'm like, just my blog. Oh and then I'd God. ask like three questions and then put them in my blog, like as if it was like exclusive. That's so um, cool. It's so cool that you were brave enough to do that. I, I do you know what I feel like I look back and I'm like, Oh, good on you, Liv, for being that brave because I'm not that brave now. No, I would be terrified. <laughs> I feel like it's so political, whereas it just shouldn't be. Yeah, and I just hadn't I just had I was quite brazen about it. And I wasn't a confident teenager necessarily, but um yeah, so they were kind of the main reasons why I started it. But that was yeah, eight years ago. And yeah, obviously it wasn't a viable career at the, when I started it. There wasn't really, there wasn't Instagram. Well, if there was, it was very much like hipstermatic and very much like, I mean, I've got pretty over 4,000 pictures on Instagram and the, the earlier ones are just like, here's my foot in, yeah. in a bed sock <laughs> with a sepia filter. Like it's just very kind of, there's candid and there's that. I don't know what that falls into. <laughs> My first Inst- my first Instagram post is in 2011, and it's just a really messy suitcase. Oh, I'd don't know love to know what my first one is. Is there a way you can do it without scrolling, scrolling, scrolling? I think you do just have to scroll. There must be a there must be a thing online. There must be an app. If anyone knows, tweet us. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> Let's check it's still recording. You are recording. Am I all right to be um this far away? Yeah, I think it's fine. It's the volume seems to be okay. cool. Yes, it is recording. I'm just being paranoid. There's always the fear. Whenever I did like interviews, yeah. I have like voice notes, and <laughs> the screen goes blank. I'd be like, "What you're saying is really great and interesting, but wait one second. Oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God. The <laughs> worry so is, I just don't know. I'm just not technologically very good at audio. So. You've, well, you've done well. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you've got this far. The good thing about our jobs, I think, is that we constantly have to teach ourselves new stuff. Yeah, like the fact that you started YouTube. Maybe how far into your career in blogging were you when you started YouTube? Too probably too late. I, I think maybe like <laughs> a very specific day. Way too late. Like probably about four four years in. Um, and I know there was at a point where a lot of people were like, oh, it's all going to video. You should really get on YouTube. And I didn't listen. I didn't listen. I didn't listen. And I'm looking back in a way. I'm glad I didn't. In a way, I'm like, if I had have really listened and gone with it, my channel could be perhaps a lot bigger and a lot more successful than it is now but youtube isn't for everyone we've actually had a conversation about this like um, yeah. a couple of minutes ago but we were saying like youtube isn't for everyone it's really not and i feel like I, I don't feel confident on that as a platform like i like it and i really respect people that are on it completely like no matter what you do but i feel like my confidence lies with writing and it lies with words and it lies with photography and stills and that's where yeah. i feel and i well being behind the camera with video like i love filming other people and interviewing people on film but I just I feel like a lemon (laughs) yeah it's a very distinct skill and I think that from what I've gathered doing it for a long time now the people who are the strongest at vlogging are people who watch a lot of vlogs yeah and ultimately if that isn't something you're naturally drawn to you probably won't be as strong at it yeah whereas I think with from what I've seen with blogging, a lot of people do love to read and love to write in various forms. Yeah. And so they can learn to be a better blogger quite, not easily by any means, but um, there is there is a, a way if you do it enough. Yeah. Which is the same with YouTube in a way, but if you don't watch a lot of vlogging, you're going to feel like a lemon. Yeah, it's and, difficult. Yeah. I mean, 
I watch it and I, used to, I was really obsessed with it in the World Times. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do Vlogmas and get really in. And I just. I was, Every November, I'm like, I'm going to do Vlogmas. Yeah, and I just feel like um, I don't think I'm like hardy enough for the platform. I'm not like. I really like it's more of my fault than maybe it's not my fault but I'm really like I'm very sensitive to feedback and I'm very like and I feel like it's good to have feedback you, I suppose when you're self-employed you don't have appraisals you're not and almost perhaps the criticism and critique of others is your appraisal mm. but I feel like with blogging I've always kind of been able to just grow and develop in my own time and I feel like on YouTube you're a lot more exposed to other people saying to you you need to develop like this and this is how you need to change all the time which I found quite intense and yeah. I understand and that's why I have so much respect for the creators on the platform because I think that you have to be quite hardy and headstrong to well even I think if you're not you have to kind of be like focused and I'm just very dithery and very like I can't do it I'm sorry I forget <laughs> it I'm, I'm sorry you do have to be able to tune out the shit yeah like there is like in the one piece of really good quality constructive criticism there's 10 pieces of just horrible stuff yeah so you do yeah you do have to be good at tuning it out mm. whereas blogging is is uh comments isn't it so yeah if that yeah i mean it used to be i think because when i started blogging there wasn't the community aspect of places like i mean i know youtube was still i don't know who was on youtube and it was it was a very different platform like everything i think it's changed quite a lot but i feel like there wasn't the community aspect of instagram or Twitter, or mm. like, I'm trying to think where else where else people like flit around now. But like, there wasn't that, so people would comment on blogs, and people would have the conversation there. But I think now, because there are so many platforms to have that conversation on, people aren't going to blog comments yeah. as much because they think I'll read that, but maybe I'll reply to your Instagram stories about that blog post, and that's, that's how we'll exactly what I do. <laughs> and yeah, and that's how we can have that engagement or perhaps you'll promote your blog post via Instagram and that's where I'll comment on it. Whereas before it was like, you put up a blog post and people go to it and they'd subscribe perhaps on Blogger. So yeah. I used to read oh all God. of my posts on Blogger. Really? I used I to read followers them displayed. So and... interesting. I was on Blog Loving because I was a little bit later okay, on. Okay, yeah. So I used a, another site to follow the blogs. And then them. you could read them yeah. and you'd, you'd mark you can, them as red. Yeah, and you can like them, so yeah. heart. And then yeah. it's just, it's like a weird evolution thing. Because I always used to try and check in on blog loving and make sure I'd read everything that was new. Yeah. But then I followed so many blogs that it was so time consuming. I was like, I can't physically do this. And then you kind of like do it less and less and less. And it's like lots of things in life because you don't grow out of it. Like, yeah. you know, when you're little, you love drawing all the time and then you kind of do it less and less and less. You look back and like, why did I stop doing that? And that's kind of what I feel has happened to an extent with, with sites like blog loving and you know blogger and people just go on use different platforms now i think there's a real case for a good blog reading app that's yeah. that's something that i've been really thinking about <laughs> lately yeah. weirdly because i used to use this app that was incredible called instapaper where you can save blog posts medium posts um also mainly oh, newspaper wow. articles and magazine articles that are online you there's like a special little thing you get when you hold down the share button and you can save it to your instapaper oh, wow. and then you can go back um and it's an app and it's got everything listed oh, in the so chronological order that you saved it tells you how long the reader so you can read it on the tube on whatever and it down it downloads a formatted copy oh, wow. to the instapaper thing it was incredible but because of gdpr they're now no longer allowed to you it no longer works in the uk or something and I was so sad because i was like this is incredible i can read all the articles i want yeah. to read the think pieces 
I can read stuff from like The Guardian all the way to like Daily Mail. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. But that's and I so that was amazing. It was so good. But I feel like there's a real missing piece for like a good app. I think we'd all yeah. read a lot more blog posts. Yeah. If we could. Yeah, definitely. There's like a really good way of collating it all in a place. Which is why we are talking about the future of blogging. I was going to ask you what you what you really notice has changed from like maybe not necessarily the beginning beginning, but from when blogging gained momentum for you personally, and you felt like maybe you had a bit of an audience all the way up to now. I feel like it's changed in the way every platform has changed. I think it's really evolved in the sense. I mean, there's trends in everything. Like when I started, you know, you'd be able to pick pick out different trends that everyone was doing like everyone would do the blog images side by side and everyone would wear like Lolita shoes oh my god I remember Lolita's yeah I bought like the knockoff ones exactly and then like American apparel disco pants and it was like real trends (laughs) and I feel like that's happened now but it's more I don't know I think sometimes it just depends I think blogging changes so many ways in the sense that it's had to evolve and it's had to keep up with things because people you know, digest information very differently and have very short attention spans. And, you know, I think people almost are in a position where they kind of feel divided on how they should be adapting. Like, do you keep doing what you've always done or do you kind of try and adapt to what you think people are wanting to do? And I think there's that. that's when the divide comes in because I think some people are going, oh, God, I need to be creating think pieces all the time because that's the reason people are going to my blog or people are going, oh, no, no, I need to be creating shorter content because... They, they don't have t- time for that and I think it's people are in this kind of fork in the road where there's so many different reasons that people do read blogs it's almost it's so diluted that I think it's not as clear as to why people read them anymore or the, the purpose they serve when the content is accessible everywhere so you know if I'm publishing a blog post I think well what is it going to offer there that isn't on Instagram or it's not going to be on Twitter and is it going to have like a nice long form message? Is it going to be a beautiful editorial? Is it going to have something that won't carry as well? And what can I do to get people across to there? Because it's another thing people for people to check. And I think it's changed in the sense that people are spoiled for content. Like content is coming out of people's ears. It's coming at them left, right and centre. So it's, it's like people are now fighting for yeah. those five minutes that people have. And I think that's potentially why there is the argument that blogging's dying because... People now, it's so saturated, which is exciting, but it's also, I think, daunting because there are so many people fighting for this moment of people's life when they're like, I've got five minutes, what should I read? Yeah. And then it's suddenly this noise of like, me, 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 <laughs> like, watch my stories, watch my video, oh, by the way, I've got a new this, I've got a new that. And it, it's quite a lot. And I think that's why people are trying to adapt so quickly and change. And sometimes people are like, oh, but things have changed too much. And it's just that no one mm. quite knows. It's that almost cluttered mindset of like I don't know what to do yeah I think there's also a thing about like how much content you're expected to put on a blog yeah whereas maybe before it was slightly more um uh, less frequent but more curated in terms of it was something you loved you know you went out you spent a day shooting this one thing you loved it you wrote about it put it up as far as I'm from what I saw when reading blogs when I was younger whereas now it feels more like um, Liv's earring just came out. <laughs> I was, like, I was, I was laughing. Like, just flicking it and I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> I feel like now people will read one in five of your blog posts because yeah. well, you, the general you, um, the collective of, of bloggers, people will read one in five of their posts because let's say maybe they're making things twice or three times a week or like, like once a week even. Like, 
and only one out of four of those posts or five of those posts will really appeal to that person. Yeah. And I think we kind of forgot that that does just happen. And I think that's why people are struggling to know whether to put out more content or less because yeah. I know from my position that there have been times where I've gone into a new year and I've been like, right, my New Year's resolution is to do a blog post every single day because then at least people will be reading it. But on the other hand, I'm like, well, if people aren't coming that often, do I need to be pushing out this much new content all the time that's just going to kind of disappear after I mean it's always there and that's what I love about the blog is the fact it is always there it's yours but at the same time like should I just do focus on one blog post a week and really harness that or do I need to be doing more and I think there's that split of knowing how much content you should be putting out and you don't want it to go to waste and you don't want to burn yourself out but I do think with blogging especially it's like I feel very protective of the fact that that's my platform like that is my website and no matter how much everything else changes I'm in charge of this and I'm in charge of how it looks I'm in charge of you know the when where people see it how they see it and I think you know algorithms can change but that is my own thing and that's why I'm kind of like you know there is that discussion of whether it's dying but I'm like no 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 like it's so important to me I think maybe it's the fact I've done it for so long I do feel like very precious about it and I feel very much like it's shaped all the other platforms that I use now and it's really helped me develop in so many ways that I'm like by leaving it to just dry out and fester on its own I'm like it seems too sad I think there's definitely something coming through here where it's where there's a real difference the way you're talking about your blog is like a very again it's very curated it's portfolio it's yeah editorial in a way whereas I used to describe the way that YouTube's gone now and Instagram which is all about frequency, especially because of algorithms, as editorial. But I don't think I mean that. I mean that fast, the the way that the the Daily Mail puts out celeb articles, you know? We're talking that kind of pace is expected on YouTube and Instagram at the moment, but the blog is more precious. Yeah. There's something about it which is like a, yeah, it's, it's, you're putting a piece of your, of your brain, your heart, your soul into the content that you make there yeah and I think that's it and I feel like you know with Instagram that's very much my space to post the pictures that are a little bit undone a lo- like not curated which sometimes is difficult because you're looking at other bloggers who use that as the pla- their platform to then use it as the space that they're going to put out the most curated beautiful images so you kind of look sideways and you're like oh god mine looks <laughs> like a like a dumping ground but then I feel like that's my place to be candid and real and I mean not I'm not real on my blog but just very much like oh I'll I'll take a picture write a caption and put it up whereas the blog is somewhere that I can really like like I I was submitting something for someone else I could really read it check the grammar like really think about everything properly and that's kind of how I use those platforms I think everyone does it differently like there are bloggers that are very much like blog on Instagram like they'll do these huge meaty captions these stunning photographs and that's where they're putting that time and energy. And they're putting all the energy into like doing, what are those like slideshows? Oh, like, like the kind of carousels. Yeah, I guess you can make stuff more editorial on Instagram now, but even then the platform doesn't necessarily lend itself. Yeah. I guess they're making the best out of Completely, the and platform. it's different for everyone. I think that's almost the best way of approaching social media and blogging is that everyone uses it very differently. And I think there's no one way of approaching it like you can look at someone else's Instagram feed and think, oh, mine should be like that. But I think you've got to factor in the way you're doing it and the platforms you have. Like, there's no right way. And I think when you kind of come to accept that, it's quite freeing because you're like, oh, no, no, it's fine. And you can appreciate all the other achievements you've had opposed to the fact that you're not doing it in one way or another. Because 
I don't know. It's diff- It's so difficult because it's constantly changing and there's new things to think about the whole time and you're thinking, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing enough? Like, yeah. But I think that's just working online in general. It's not exclusive to bloggers or anyone really. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Right. Big question. Okay. How do you, not that big, don't worry. <laughs> oh God. I don't want to alarm but you. clammy hands. Um, how do you think the financial situation of people who create content online has changed the way we use blogs or the way we are, or, or the relationship the, con, the consumer, the reader has to blogs or the creator? So what I'm trying to say there is <laughs> like uh, being paid by advertisers and whatever, yeah. like, do you think that's changed the relationship that... Uh, creators have to blogging I think so to an extent I think especially with Instagram it has because I feel that people feel they have to and I felt like and I think a lot of people do feel they have to approach their Instagram feed and their blog like a brand they feel like because they're getting perhaps paid by somebody you have to approach it in a way that's very curated and very polished and almost has a really neutral tone of voice that isn't offensive it's not not that I encourage offensive speaking, but, you know, you can't, yeah. you have to kind of, you know, play safe a lot. And I think that can be a huge impact because you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a brand too. And then, but then I feel like, although I have that, I think where I still do stuff on my blog, I think my Instagram still has to have that realness, the, the jokes, the kind of, the moments that might not be perfect. Like I was saying to you earlier, I did an Instagram story and someone was like, oh, I don't think it's very funny. And do you think, I'm still just a person. Like, I'm one person. Sometimes I make good jokes, sometimes I don't. Like, you know, yeah. and I always think I'm very funny. But just, you're just still one person. I think you can't overanalyze it. But I think because there is that kind of financial implication now, people are more conscious about what they're putting out. And it's almost like Instagram is a portfolio that yeah. you're kind of wanting to showcase your best work the whole time. And look how... Well, I can not even your best work, your best self. Your best, well, exactly. Yeah, you're like at your. I think that's that's a quite a sad thing that's come with brands. Actually, it wasn't what I was thinking of when I asked you that question, but I'm so glad I did. Yeah, because that's really made me think about like how we do change our voice online a bit depending yeah. on how we want to be perceived, and it is quite influenced by the people who will pay us. Well, and that's I think that's what people do become quite aware yeah. of, and I think. It's something that I know I've been aware of in the past, but I'm trying to think, you know, if someone's going to work with me, they're going to work with me for me. Yeah. And they're going to work with me because they agree with my tone of voice and not because they think I should be talking about this, this, this or this. Yeah, but not because you buy a certain thing or look completely. a certain way. But I get, I, I get why people would and I get why, you know, I see it from both sides because I feel like I'm very much, I don't ever want to become so all-encompassing. But I get the reason why people might want to implement more, I don't know, of a certain content into their feed because they think, oh, if I include more books, more right, yeah. more book companies will want to work with me, or like yeah, it's that kind of it, like, oh, if I start featuring more beauty products, maybe more beauty brands will work with me, and that's obviously really financially beneficial. But I just think it's almost sometimes in the back of people's minds, which leads on to the bigger picture. I mean, it's it's such a meaty one, and you could go on about it for a really long time. But I do think it's something that people are like subtly aware of, and you people like they have to behave like brand which I do understand there's so much pressure yeah and even with my second Instagram account that I've just started not to be like oh I've also got this other thing I'm working on like not plugging this is, is like, this insecure girls club yeah this is my like so cool. I feel like I'm on like a like reality like a tv chat show I'm like can I just plug my book over yeah. <laughs> um but plug e- away yeah but even with that like I 
started it maybe last week and it, it grew really quickly overnight and I had all these like, content ideas and in a couple of days I was I'm amazed and very fortunate that I had like over 20,000 followers does that actually oh my god yeah, that's so it's good. going well really done. quickly and <laughs> that's great but even then you kind of approach it and you're kind of like that's a lot of people and then suddenly you kind of get a bit almost insecure about that because you're thinking oh my god is my like what am I saying is going to be appealing to enough people and you suddenly yeah. it's like subconsciously you start worrying about those things because when you are talking to such a huge audience it's hard because you're never going to please every single person in that audience not that every single person is going to see that obviously because thanks Instagram but you know <laughs> you know you just there is those, there are those things that you kind of subtly become quite aware of and it's it is hard because I think the second you do make money from that you have a brand perspective you are kind of a brand but do you know what I mean the yeah second, I was just thinking the brand perspective like is. the second you earn you kind of have that because you think oh this is a job like I have to like when it's work or a job even if you love it you have to take it seriously to a point definitely um and I think I think I've gone off track <laughs> I feel like I've just gone on a complete waffle like around the houses but I just oh, can't. I've never heard that phrase before. That's great. Oh, round the house. Just gone all the way around. I just can't even remember what the question was. I've just gone so far off. I don't. You can cut all of this out. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say about um, Instagram. Do you think the fact that we're the fact that Instagram is more quantifiable in terms of your numbers, your engagement? Uh, there's more people on Instagram means that more brands ask you to do Instagram work instead of blog work, and that again moves you away from blog posts it thing is it doesn't it doesn't because I, I don't make like with terms of like the stuff I do a paid stuff on the blog I make very little yeah all of it's on Instagram and I could very very easily be like you know what I'm not earning from this blog I'm earning like whatever you know very small sum I could just give it up it's not lucratively beneficial but because I really enjoy doing it and that's where it started in terms of creativity that's where I get that satisfaction from and I love Instagram I think it's a great platform I think you can be creative on it but I feel like that is where I do the work kind of that's where the work goes and that's why I think like although I work very hard on my blog that's kind of the creative outlet that's where the kind of passion project is that although it's not like the big money earner I still can have that and still can put whatever I like on it and and that's why I do kind of try and streamline that as well as my Instagram and kind of keep it all very similar because I think it's all representative of the same thing. But if one's going to be earning me a living, then that's where I need to be putting my effort into, I suppose. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I At the beginning of the year, I was like, I need to work on my Instagram. Yeah. My Instagram game is weak <laughs> because that needs to be another stream of income for me. Yeah, There's so much money on Instagram relative to to the people on it I don't know relative to the number yeah. of posts it's and the, hard, num- the amount it? of work whereas a YouTube video you put in so much work and it's a good fee but it also feels very very sponsored yeah so I'm so reluctant with Instagram like I know all the things I could do to make it a big money earner like yeah. I feel like I know the game and I know the things that would make it really successful but I just maybe it's it sounds a bit hot, crude to say I don't care enough like I care more about you know, being honest and like, oh, not the whole table over. Um, but just being honest and kind of, I always feel like sticking to my guns, and that's something I feel really lucky that I've been able to do in the eight years that I've been doing what I've done. I've always kind of 
kept it true to what I believe in, like not done something because it's a money earner or because it's popular. But I've always been like, you know what? If I don't want to do like a haul, I won't do a haul. Yeah. Like no shade on anyone that does. But I feel like, you know, you know the things that are successful and you know the things that aren't so successful. If you don't want to do them, don't do it. If you yeah. do, do. Like, no, totally. Yeah, it's, it's tricky because I think, like anything with blogging, I think, like any industry, people see the money value in it and they go, right, I can earn from this. Rub their hands together, go balls deep into it. Like, yes, well, but, but I think that's like any, it's like any industry. And I think blogging, oh, yeah. Love blogging. You can be, a, you can be a, a lawyer that only does really high profile getting celebrities out of cases or getting companies out of issues. You could be an estate agent. Or you could be a human rights lawyer. You could be anyone that just thinks, oh, there's an opportunity for me in this. But I think blogging gets a bad name for it because it's just, anyone can do it. Anyone can get on board, which is amazing because it makes it so accessible and diverse. But also, I think people get a bit cross because they're a bit like, oh, they're being cheated out of things. But I think it's the same with any industry. Like, people see an opportunity to earn and a business venture and they're thinking, you know what, it's a good idea, I'm going to get on with that. Yeah, and I think some people that don't see it like that that have been doing it for a while can be a bit miffed about that because they're like well we've not sold out but it's just the same with anything and I think that's why you can't take it too seriously sometimes you're like you know it's got so many amazing things and I'm so lucky to be doing it and earning anything from it especially when it's yeah. so saturated that I just think like you can't take it too seriously I mean you can people do well you know what's really interesting so we're at this Lizelle event <laughs> Hashtag Lizelle, spawn. No, it's not spawn at all. Um, they're just a lovely brand. And what, there's like, how many bloggers here? 10, 12 yeah. ish. I weirdly just today have had a, there was like maybe five of us working in the same room and we were having this discussion about working with brands because we we're all on our emails. And every single person was saying like, oh, there's so much I negotiate in my, in my work that I do that's paid. There's so much, you know, I won't compromise on this thing. I won't compromise on that. And I definitely won't do that. Um, just stuff like, um, one blogger had her image cropped in recently on a sponsored post and she was like, I, that just makes my photography look shit and I'm better than that so I'll reshoot for you. Yeah. And that kind of thing. And my boyfriend works in influencer marketing and he's always like, Lucy, you're a difficult influencer. Most influencers get the brief, do the thing, done. Yeah. I negotiate it, I, f- I fix it. And now I've realised all of these people whose content I love that is on this event, we all do this. We mm. all negotiate our things we won't take on anything we don't feel is right for us we keep our voice we yeah get, we don't do sponsor we don't want to and that's a, that's probably why we're here like we have a we, well, i think a lot of people forget that behind every ad or every sponsored thing there's been a few loads of conversations and there's been a lot yeah. of things that don't go forward yeah and there's been a lot of talk and a lot of negotiating and a lot of saying actually i'd rather not do that and but people don't see the end product and i mean it all kind of t- tallies back to you know what you're showing online and the graph behind it and what you're not showing yeah. and I know um Catherine Ormrod's book like why social media is ruining, ruining so your life is going to tap into that so much so I'm going to plug her book as well because I know it's going to be incredible but um it's almost maybe we need to be more open about the graph that goes into it so people actually don't think it's just well people tell me off this is a really new thing I start I again at the beginning of the year I was like I'm going to show people how how I work because I think that's really important and especially like if I'm working a fair bit yeah like where what's happening and people are like stop talking about it we don't care like just stop it's just hard because people content. don't care but stop. people do they want it to be an escape is what they yeah like, people, people's feedback is oh I just want to look at your content and not think about how much work you put into it I want it to seem effortless 
So you can't really win on that it's, one. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because yeah. you share the best and people like that, but they don't. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I've always, I don't know, I don't want to be like, Blowing my own trip. I've been always been totally honest and really sure. No, but I think you have a really good, I don't really know. good balance. Liz. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I take, you know, it's it's a it's a craft. No, it's difficult and it's different for everyone and everyone works differently, has different audiences and I don't think it matters whether you're doing it for a living or whether you're doing it for fun or whether you do it after work. It's just everyone's the way they talk on social media and behave is all very very different. Yeah. So we have totally tangented from so many the future so of vlogging. But this is all vlogging. This is the thing. Maybe the future of vlogging is that we have to adapt and be flexible. Yeah. And microblogging is blogging. I think yeah. I think it's just it's being adaptable and it's also just not overanalyzing it too much. I feel like you know in five years time maybe I won't be doing this. Maybe I will. Hopefully I will. But I don't know in what format. I don't know what I'll be sharing where I don't know whether I'll be it's so difficult and you know five years ago I wouldn't have been, I probably wouldn't have said that I'd have you know be doing a podcast or like I'd be you know writing a newsletter every week and the thing like blog like blogging wouldn't be so popular perhaps because Instagram would be popular so yeah. I think it's just being open to like interpretation and adapting your content and being flexible but still staying true to yourself and you know knowing that if there's something that's popular that you don't agree in, you don't have to do it. Like, yeah. it's kind of, that's what started blogging. I think it's also, it's remembering why you started. And I know that's different now because I think, obviously, when people start now, it is a career option. Yeah. And that does skew it because, obviously, when I started, it wasn't a career option. So it's quite easy for me to say, I started it because I love doing this, this, this. Yeah. Whereas now people can start because they said, well, why wouldn't I start? Because it's an option. And obviously yeah. more people are saying, I want to go off and be like a blogger, an influencer, a YouTuber or whatever. And it, that's good, but then people aren't seeing what makes that. Yeah. Yeah, I really wish there was a... Or maybe it would be like a platform like Insecure Girls Club that just was like, this is our... The funny real life elements of... Yeah. Like, like kind of the humorous sides of the work that we do. Yeah. Maybe I should, maybe I should find a way of putting that out more. Yeah, like making it funny. I think that's it, and I think that's why it's like important about talking about the graph behind it because it's actually saying to the people that do aspire to it, saying yeah. there is there's skill behind it. And I mean, this is a totally other debate, but about the whole use of the word influencer and yeah. like what what makes it's an not my job to make people buy stuff. Well, yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. I think it can sometimes it boils down to yeah being someone that is like a you know a salesperson online and actually what actually is put into that I don't know yeah. there's, there's so much so much meatiness <laughs> there really is and I think you're so right in saying that like ultimately the purpose of all online content creation is to make what you love yeah and it's so cliche and so like we've heard it 101 times but there's a really good reason why we shouldn't overanalyze yeah if you overanalyze you're like oh I need to like put my emphasis in my Instagram and let's say you fucking hate Instagram don't Instagram don't do it like it people, just doesn't make sense. People will find you for yeah. what you love. Like, if you love, I don't know, writing about ceramics or writing about, like, woodwork or writing yeah. about looking at things in front of me. But um, <laughs> the other things you love writing about, people will find it. And yeah. you'll find joy in that, opposed to writing about something you don't care about. Yeah. I once met a guy at a YouTube event who had 100,000 subscribers and he talked about different kinds of... Um, what they called like caterpillar equipment, you know, as in like uh, the big diggers. Wow, diggers. He did. He had a whole. Channel. And that's more followers than me. So it shows <laughs> <about> that <laughs> it shows that if you want to write about diggers, 
Sometimes that's more popular than writing about fashion. You know? What's a digger's real name? Is there a name is for it, a digger? Is it, not, is it not just a digger? <laughs> Maybe. Digger. digger. Um, no. Bork, I don't know. Bork, I feel like it's yeah, forklift or forklift. something. But, um... Yeah, guys, there is a niche out there for everyone and you don't have to just do what everyone else does. I don't know why this has become like a piece yeah. to motivate people. Yeah, I know. This one is always a bit of, yeah, it's nice to end with a bit of hope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a dark, noisy world. Yeah. So in summary, what do you think is the future of blogging or what do you think is happening? Is blogging dying? I don't think it's dying. I think it's changing form and it's adapting um, and it's naturally having to compete with other platforms, but I don't think it's dying. I, I hope, agree. I hope not, anyway. This I don't thing. know, yeah. It's, it's, you know, you could talk about it till the cows come home. You could talk about it until it does die. Yeah. <laughs> we killed it. We killed <laughs> it. it. We spoke about it too well, it's, much. It's like all the market share stuff, isn't it? When someone panics about a company, they just, like, sell their shares really fast. Yeah. And we're all, like, That's the thing. I'm panicking. like, maybe if, it, if everyone is only ever right about whether it's dying. Yeah, maybe then we'll all start die. deserting. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll all kill it. I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> think it's dying. I, <laughs> I don't think it. it is. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's... I don't think it is. I think it's about being a, uh, adaptable, if that's a word. Yeah. Where is that piano coming from? I know, I'm really enjoying it. I love piano. I hope it's actually it. someone playing it. It's yeah. not just like... Sounds real. So, sorry if you can hear piano in this. There so is I just a piano heard that I was played. like, what? Um, but, no, I think it's... It's about being adaptable, it's about sticking to your guns, staying true to yourself, and doing it because you enjoy it. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and chatting, Liv. I really You're appreciate it. So, I really hope you enjoyed that chat. I had such a lovely time talking to her. I always do. She's one of the ones who puts so much time and effort into her content and really does make it such high quality and I really appreciate that in an age where we can really just take a photo on our phones and upload it which I love doing and I'm sure loads of people love doing as well but I really love these good quality posts this really good quality content that is much harder to make I would love to know your thoughts on whether blogging is dying you can tweet and use the hashtag the Sunday social or you can go on Instagram at the Sunday social podcast and send us a dm As always, please leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform. I would love that. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate you always and forever. And thanks so much for listening. I will see you next week with another episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.